welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, where we talk about all things self-care for those of us who are, let's face it, too busy for self-care. It's time to bring that same compassion that you offered everyone else in your life to yourself as well. In this podcast, you'll hear real life stories of how self-care transformed people's lives as they were going through life's storms. You'll learn practical, actionable tools to begin the self-care journey yourself as well. Because like I always say, small changes make a large impact. I'm your host, Dr. Sheetal Ajmani. I'm a physician, best-selling author, and the founder of Radiant Living Institute, where I guide people to get unstuck and learn to live radiantly again. Through my signature program, Reclaim Your Radiance, you'll reclaim your worth, renew your energy, and restore your happiness in your life, career, and relationships. To get started, download your free guidebook, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life at RadiantLivingInstitute.com. Quick disclaimer before we get started, the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific situation. Now, let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Cheryl Hutto to the Essential Self-Care Podcast. Cheryl is a certified coach for care partners and an accredited grief specialist. Her mission is to show you how to live with peace and joy while caring for the one you love. Her programs are designed to reduce the overwhelm that inevitably creeps up during the endless daily requirements of caring for another. Welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, Cheryl. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to explore this topic with you today, Cheryl. You know, I was actually a guest recently on another podcast where I was asked to speak about practicing self-care as a caregiver from the perspective of a physician and a coach. And so I'm excited to explore this topic with you today from your perspective as a care partner yourself and also a coach who specifically works with people who find themselves in a similar role. So I thought it would be interesting to get started with this idea of caregiver versus care partner. I know this was a topic that you discussed in a recent newsletter of yours, and I thought this would be an interesting distinction to explore first because personally, I really had never thought about that distinction myself. And so I thought it was really interesting when I saw that in your recent newsletter, and I think that would be interesting for our listeners as well. So can you tell us a little bit about this distinction between the language around being a caregiver versus a care partner? Well, sure. Uh, Being a caregiver in this country, we use that term almost exclusively. And I think that there is an important distinction to make. And a caregiver could be considered a professional who is actually giving care, could be a physician or a a professional in-home caregiver or somebody in a long-term facility. But a care partner might be a spouse or a daughter or a son caring for a loved one in the home. And just to continue saying in our minds that, you know, we are caregivers sets us up to have the person feel like they are only receiving and that they have no particular say, they're not your partner in the situation. And also as the one giving the care, it sets us up to really put ourselves in a, in a role of nothing but giving, giving, giving. So that I think it's a a mindset and it's very interesting and important that we begin to think about the differences. And then, of course, as I mentioned, just in a sort of a a blurb, a one-liner in the newsletter that I sent out was, because we are all caring for one another, isn't it an interesting idea to think that we are partnering by deeply listening and negotiating 
in that caring process, whether we're just people or care partners in a home actively caring for someone we love. I really love that. Thank you so much for taking the time to explain that distinction to us. And, you know, I'm a big believer in the language that we use and the words that we use and that they are really powerful and they really do affect kind of our emotions. And as you mentioned, our mindset of how we look at a given, any given situation, you know, and mindset is so powerful and our perspective is so powerful in how we approach any situation, even the most challenging situation. And so I really like this idea of thinking about it more as a care partner. And, you know, there's this caregiver burnout is a very real thing, right? And when I hear you explain this distinction between thinking of yourself as a caregiver versus a care partner, one of the things that comes to me when I hear caregiver giver in that context. And when I'm looking at both of these phrases together as something that you can almost start to feel like you're carrying a lot of weight on your own shoulders, that perhaps feeling that it's your sole responsibility to give care to your loved one, right? When you think of it as a partnership and have spoken with other people who have been in a similar role, parents caring for their children who have been sick or in roles, similar roles as such as that. And, you know, what I always hear is that there's this aspect where they also have received so much joy and beauty through the experience. And so realizing that maybe this isn't the ideal situation, maybe this isn't a situation that you would have ever thought to find yourself in, but that there really is this give and receive. There really can be this beauty within that process and that journey and beginning to shift just the words and the terminology that you begin to use around it could be such a powerful part of the process. I I couldn't agree more. And you made a really interesting point about the giving, giving, giving and the burnout that is entailed in all of that. And I think that part of that is because we How much can we give, right, before we begin to feel so depleted or trapped or frustrated or angry, whereas it's, you know, if we're caring for somebody who, as an example, has dementia, they always have something to give, even right up until the very end, and we can engage them and bring them in. And it takes some practice. Absolutely. Sometimes it's we get into a rut where we think I've got so much to do and there's the list is so long. I'm just going to get this done and you go over there and sit down until I'm ready for you. And it's it really can lead to a lot of you're right. Burnout. Yeah. And so how do you for someone who is in that situation, like you just explained, if someone's kind of just deep in the thick of it and like, but I do have this really long list of things to do and I do need to take care of all of this. How do you suggest that someone begin to approach caring for themselves so that they either A, avoid going into burnout, caregiver burnout, or B, start to get themselves unstuck from that place of burnout? Right. Well, this uh, this idea of partnering is one thing, but you're right. I mean, it's really difficult because the list is long. So it's interesting that you asked that because at the top of my list was, I was thinking before our conversation, what could I say? And I think one of the biggest things that I could say to anybody is to slow down, both inwardly and externally. And that entails a practice 
you know, when we get into a, you know, just a mouse on a, you know, a wheel, <laughs> whatever you call that, we lose touch and we lose touch with ourselves and we lose touch that, you know, we are important. And one of the things about people who are caring for others uh, in terms of their own self-care, they don't really believe that they are worthy. You know, it's just run, 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 run. And somehow we need to take something off the list. And the more we do, it's ironically, the less important some of those things become. So deep breathing is one thing, of course, but we need so desperately throughout our culture to develop a sense of compassion and self-love for ourselves. And most people just really uh, are, don't even really understand what that means. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And there's two things that came to mind here as you were sharing that. One is, I think for someone who may be so used to keeping themselves busy, taking that first step to slow down can seem really hard. So one thing that I would suggest to anyone listening right now, our listeners, is to start small. I mean, maybe that means, and and you can definitely, I would love to hear kind of your input on this as well, but I would suggest start small. I mean, even if it just means a few minutes a day where you just kind of pause and like you suggested, maybe some deep breathing, or I know our listeners can't see here, but Cheryl has this beautiful window and I can just see these beautiful trees <laughs> behind her. And so, you know, even if it's just like connecting with nature, looking out the window at something beautiful, just for a few minutes of your day, I would say that's, that's a place to start. But another thing that came to mind as you were sharing, Cheryl, is just, I was thinking as you were describing how we can look at our list and run, run, run and stay really busy. And I wonder for those who are in this care partner role, whether it's a new role for them or sort of a longstanding role that they've been in, I would imagine that there's so many emotions that come up with that and that staying busy in one way may be a way to not look at those emotions because they can be really hard. What would you say? Absolutely. That. Uh, Couldn't agree more. And that really is... I think a big part of self-care and developing a compassion because, you know, if we can slow down and one, you know, starting small might be little tiny bits of gratitude, gratitude for the green leaf that I see out the window and developing that kind of a practice, taking time to be aware of our senses, our five senses and feel how warm our cup of tea is, or I can feel the steam coming out of my cup of coffee or tea. And one of the things that I really want to bring up is that often we are running so busy. You're, you made a great point so that we really don't have to get in touch and become aware of what we're really feeling. And one of the big things that happens for care partners is a sense of grief. And it's and, and there's a lot of grief about the life that we loved that is gone. And I think people are really frightened to get in touch with that and put a hand on the heart and say, oh my gosh, you know, this is hurt so bad. And if we're not used to being in touch with our feelings, it can feel so overwhelming. So uh, again, circling back to starting small, just saying, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for my feet. I can feel my feet on the earth today and that sort of thing. It's uh, grief is huge. 
Yeah, and I think not only is it grieving, you know, the life that you had, but perhaps also the dreams of the life that you were expecting for in the future and that that may now look a bit differently. And I love what you shared there of just kind of putting your hands over your heart. I think honestly, just that is so powerful when you just put your hands over your heart center and bring your awareness there is a very powerful practice. And I also think sometimes, you know, naming and acknowledging the hard stuff is another way to actually practice some of that self-compassion and bring some of that self-love into your world. That's right. And many people are unaware of particularly, or if they're experiencing grief, one of the things that can come along with that is a sense of feeling numb. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why a care partner might feeling numb, be feeling numb. It's empathic distress, but grief is big. That's what we're talking about right now. So if you can't get in touch with what you're feeling, a good idea, just put a hand on the heart and just give it time. Ask your heart what needs the most attention right now. And our hearts really do have the answers. Yeah, I love that. You know, and, and really allowing these feelings once they do come up is will lead us to a tender sense of self-compassion and wisdom that has been there all along. And it doesn't need to be created. It just needs to be uncovered. Yeah. Can you share something? I think this would be interesting as well to discuss about how as a care partner, when you do take these moments, even if they're brief moments and pauses to slow down, to connect with your heart, to practice self-compassion, how you have seen that affect your clients' lives and affect the way that they are able to serve as a care partner for their loved ones. Doing these small practices is very effective. I talk with people on a weekly basis and they begin to sleep better. They begin to have less anxiety. And it's these very tiny practices, but also there's an important aspect of self-care, which is finding somebody who will listen, whether it's a professional or somebody that you trust so that you're not ever judged, finding a place to commune and communicate. It's very important. Yeah, absolutely. So just to recap, what would be, for someone who is on this journey, what would be, as we're you know coming to wrap up this episode, what would be a reminder of a small way that you would suggest that they begin to think about self-care or bring some of this into their life? Probably to recap, I would say begin by slowing down. If you have trouble, uh, just at least, you know, look out the window, step into nature. It's there for us. Put a hand on our hearts. Uh, So many people think that self-care means things like, I haven't been on vacation in ages, so I need to get out of here. And, and it's not possible for so many of us. So there's room for these tiny bites of self-care every day. And we don't have to leave home. We need to come home to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. We don't need to leave home. We need to come home. Exactly. I love that. Another thing that came to me earlier is this quote from Ram Dass that we're all just walking each other home. So I think with those two sentiments will be a great place to wrap up. So we don't need to leave home. We need to come home. And just a reminder that we are all here just walking each other home. Thank you so much for coming on this episode and sharing your wisdom and your experience with us. 
For our listeners, where can they learn more about you and the work that you are doing? Uh, my website is my name, CherylHutto.com. I offer free calls. I make myself very available if somebody would like to talk about working with me or very often in one half hour call that is free, they get they get their problems solved and they go on the way. So it's great. And my private Facebook group specifically for care partners is called Confidence for Care Givers. And any care partner is absolutely welcome. That's on Facebook. That's so lovely. Thank you so much. And I will be sure to include that information in the show notes. Thank you again for being here today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and share this episode with someone you know. And remember, your free guide, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life, is waiting for you at radiantlivinginstitute.com. Download it today.